Welcome to The Edge of That, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello, everyone. I am with Jade Pruitt, founder of Hello SEO, a boutique SEO agency specializing in small businesses and startups. Jade, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you, Hello SEO, and the human story behind the brand. Yes, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's, I definitely want to talk about Hello SEO, of course, and really want to dive right in, but can you share a little bit about your career background? before we Yeah, ahead. for sure. So I started SEO about eight years ago. I have a degree in literature, which is, you know, the perfect segue into analytics and marketing. My first job out of college, I worked as a news broadcaster. I, I did the captions for British news sources like Sky News and the BBC, which is very ironic because I, I lived in Atlanta at the time and I have never been to the UK, but I know I, I learned a lot about Brexit. But Basically, I I loved to write from a very early age. I was trying to get into like ghost writing or or, or something more kind of like in the world of fiction and publishing. And I ended up getting a ton of like content writer, like freelance jobs as I was um, doing my captioning. And I ended up getting hooked up with a lot of SEO agencies because content is a huge part of SEO and realized that this was like the coolest craziest world that I had never been exposed to before. And I kind of had this L Woods moment of just like waking up one day and being like, I'm going to be an SEO. And this was in my early twenties. I knew nothing about SEO, nothing about analytics, marketing (laughs) was going in just completely blind. And I'm very thankful for baby Jade, who just really went all in on something that she (laughs) did not know anything about. Because now eight years later, I've, I've dedicated all of my time to learning about SEO. And it's, it's grown. It's also interesting. Everything I learned eight years ago is no longer relevant. It's one of those fields where things change super, super quickly. But say I landed a job as at an agency as a content writer after attending the general assembly for digital marketing school. It's like a, a big coding boot camp. That was a super fun experience. Worked as a content writer in the morning. And when I would meet all of my deadlines early, I would go sit behind the analysts and just harass them and ask them questions and learn everything I could about the technical side of SEO, which was a, a really cool experience. After about a year there, I went and worked as an SEO in the affiliate side of CNN and Business Insider. So I was this really fun liaison between them and these massive brands that they were creating coupon pages for and trying to rank as high in Google searches as possible. So our competitors were like Retail Me Nots, Coupons.com, these really big sites. Uh, And that was such a cool experience in getting to understand SEO from a brand perspective for brands like Lululemon and MeUndies and HelloFresh, like massive players, um, and really seeing the difference between being in position one and three for them, or, or just like how much 
difference, like the clicks and like the, the revenue coming in was if they dropped in the SERPs or they dropped in Google for an hour or two. So that was like the, the most interesting, like sandbox experience of, of being like a fresh SEO. And from there, I went and worked at a semiconductor startup in California as an SEO manager. Again, one of those, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere situations. It was one of the first e-commerce websites for semiconductors. And this was in the middle of the semiconductor shortage, wild, wild times. And we literally were selling billions of parts and not a single one of them had a name. It was just a barcode. So we were trying to optimize barcodes, like just strings of text and numbers in a industry where it is not normal to Google these things or to even be purchasing them online. So it was a very interesting experience of like training the user, like, like helping them understand that we are here and this is a new way you can do this while also optimizing literally billions of product pages. Um, so that was a very long story of my background. No, um, I'm up. I love, I took so many notes. I was writing <laughs> like furiously because I have so many questions to ask about. So I'm so glad you actually shared that entire journey for you, particularly because I actually have not I've met a lot of people in marketing just like across the board, inclusive of SEO that like, oh yeah, they stumbled upon it. They got started in this or that or whatever. And I'm one of those people where I started actually in journalism because I like to know how things are made. I like how things, yeah. like the things that we're consuming, the things that we're done, like I'm always like, how did this happen? <laughs> What's happening here? And so I got into broadcast journalism, hated it. I loved it. I loved it, but I hated it because it was too much pressure. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, I have this amount of time to cut this and the, do this. So shout out to all the broadcast journalists out there because it is <laughs> intense. But I have never, like with me and my journey, like it was when, when I did the switch from journalism to marketing, I actually kept studying in journalism, but I was very much like, okay, I need to learn how to write. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time. This was like right when like social media started to be a thing with marketing. And so that's what I did. But what's interesting is I've never, I've never actually met anyone who started in literature. They've always either started oh, yeah. so far away and then stumbled back into marketing and somehow it kind of came into it or whatever. Like they just randomly got started one day, but never like it makes so much sense is what I'm trying to get at with the long, <laughs> my long story. It makes so much sense how literature can actually be so helpful to this profession because you are oh. writing, because you have to like learn how to craft things and not just like a marketer's way. Cause that's a totally different style of writing, but also like just all the touch points. Can you share how you sort of mind your experience in literature for, to start this career? For sure. So marketing is storytelling and everything with analytics and data is critical thinking and then storytelling. So all of these numbers, all of these spreadsheets mean absolutely nothing to anyone outside of the analytics team of a business until someone can actually explain it in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And also this could be an entire other podcast, but it's like all data is subjective. So you have to apply a, a thesis to this and then craft a story, get buy-in 
it's all super important, but also just from like, all I did was write essays. So that was a, a perfect segue into writing content mm-hmm. and content that people can actually read and engage with. And of course, you know, there's always kind of the battle between, are we writing this for robots? If you're in the SEO world, or are you writing this for people? Mm-hmm. So being able to like craft really good content that engages the user and is actually beneficial and tell really good stories while also keeping like the analytics and the data and the keywords and everything in mind. It's been super beneficial. I don't think about it enough. I think I need to be more grateful for my literature degree. Well, I think it's like interesting, right? Like something, and this is why I brought up my, like the journalism thing was because something that I really appreciate about journalism that I think has helped me was finding those angles was figuring out how do I make something relevant even if it's like the most even if it's like I'm staring at a wall there's white white wallpaper like how do I find make that marketable yeah and I think literature the background of literature and also how it segues into what you do like I said i it makes so much sense. I've just never thought about it from that kind of origin point, if you will. And so, but like, like you said, right, you were doing, you were writing a lot of essays and things like that. And, and sure, you can kind of equate SEO sometimes, like for some pages, if they're just like, I've definitely seen some experts just dump basically write an essay on a page essentially as part of the SEO strategy, but it does make sense. But I love your answer. It really just boils it down to marketing and storytelling. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is like, you know, analyzing that data in a way that works for the brand. And I, I appreciate that you said data is subjective or it can be subjective. When it comes to the analytical side and the data side, I know you said like, once you were done writing the content, you sat behind the analyst. How did that, can you share a little bit about that process and like, how did you actually learn about what they were doing and then be able to like apply it for yourself? Yeah, for sure. So thankfully the analysts at that company were willing to let me bother them. And I would just start pitching in ideas kind of where I could, they'd be like, oh, we saw this massive dip in traffic on this particular day. We're trying to kind of figure out what happened. And so I was just kind of like an extra set of eyes sitting there looking up, oh, were there any Google updates that day? Kind of like what was going on in the world where people might not be interested in this particular industry, kind of things like that, other than like, did you drop in Google, you know, kind of like the, the very obvious things that we could be looking at. And then they started giving me little projects. Like at the first of the month, I would have to create all of the initial reports for their clients after a few months while I was there. And that was literally just kind of an experience of getting into Google analytics and navigating it. I got certified in Google analytics before I got that job. Cause I just wanted the badge on my LinkedIn, but until you're actually in there and like playing around and actually seeing how things work. It, it, you know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so you have to like get that hands-on experience. So that was really helpful. And then it really came into play at my next job with CNN and business insider. Cause we would wake up every morning and look and see who's dropped in the SERPs, who is like getting less traffic. What can we do? And literally making decisions on the spot of like what, what can we put into practice or what can we change on this page 
to bump it back up? Like, what does it need? And because we were dealing with thousands of pages, I was literally just assigned my portfolio and they were for me to play around with and figure out what to do, which is why it was like such a great kind of sandbox experience of, of like actually getting your feet wet. Cause typically, and as you know, like in marketing, if you're like an entry-level position, you typically don't really get to make any decisions and no one wants to listen to your ideas. <laughs> yeah. They're like, why are you uh, you're speaking? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So just like having a bunch of websites to experiment on was I think really the best experience you could get. So cool. Okay. Before I have a couple questions around that, but before I ask for those that may not be familiar, can you explain what SERP is? Yeah. So SERP is S-E-R-P. It's an acronym for search engine result page. So if you're dropping in the SERPs, that means your website was at number three in a Google result, and then it dropped to five. And for, I guess the severity of that situation, there are like 10 SERPs there are 10 results on any given page within Google. If you're not on that first page in Google, you can expect to get absolutely nothing from it. There's this terrible joke with an SEO that the best place to hide a dead body is on the second page of Google because literally no <laughs> one's ever going to look there, but it gets even more severe on the first page. If you are below the fold, which means when you Google something, you would have to scroll down to see your result. You are, I think it's like 65% of all clicks go to that top five above the fold. So your chances are minimized even more if you're six and below, but then 32% get the like click on whoever is literally first in Google. So if you go from first to second, you're suddenly missing out on 32% of what you could have been getting before. <laughs> That's not completely correct math, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah. It's and especially, you know, working in like a very like, I don't know, intense environment where we were literally like applying a number, like a, like a, a monetary value to where we were sitting. You could really see like, oh, we just lost $5,000 because we fell in the SERPs. Like it's. It can be That's very wild. dramatic. That is wild. Okay. Can you share That's such a helpful breakdown? So thank you so much for diving into that because you just, I think you simplified it at least for me and for a lot, I would imagine for anyone who's going to listen to this. Can you share a little bit about how you connected the monetary value to that? I mean, I know you talked about like the percentage of dropping, but I, that is such a significant number that like people are actually able to pull where I feel like a lot of the times SEO can be seen as, <clears throat> okay, I just have to show up first on Google, but we're not actually like providing something, or at least particularly for professional services firms. I feel, find this is really the mm -hmm. case. They're not actually like providing something that like, like we, they just want someone to call them, right? Like that's kind of the the goal. Can you share a little bit, a little bit about how that value gets connected to where they are in the page? Yeah, for sure. So at that particular job, it was all in the affiliate space. And so we could literally track how much money we were making from like every single click onto that website. So that was like a very unique and fantastic experience. And I wish I could duplicate that for every client because it really kind of like, brings the value home for, for SEO. However, kind of a, an interesting way to reverse engineer it is you can see like search volume. So I have a cosmetic surgeon clients. We know that liposuction 
in her area gets searched 400 times a month. If she is in the first position for that term, we also know how much the average client will pay when she gets there. If she's in the first position for that term, we can anticipate to be getting 32% of 400, you know, give or take on a monthly basis. Cause obviously demand goes up and down and then we can kind of decide, okay, is SEO worth it? If we're getting you X amount of leads per month from this. And in her case, it absolutely is because one client is going to be spending, you know, three to $5,000 coming to her. But for some other people, like I just did a power hour with a bookkeeper and she's like, I know I need SEO, but investing, you know, three times what one client would be giving me might not be like the most valuable thing. And so we stick to, you know, doing SEO on an hourly basis together, you know, maybe until she grows a little bit bigger, but tracking ROI is incredibly important, especially with anything in marketing, but especially SEO. That's so incredible. Oh my gosh. I like, I just, everything, everything, I feel like every time you answer one question, I have 18 million (laughs) more because of how good your answers are. I, okay. I love how you broke that down. So thank you for doing that because this is something that even myself in the seat that I have within marketing for clients and I'm working with other SEO folks, I'm like, how is this really working? Like what's going on here? And, and even they say like SEO is hard to track ROI from, like we can see the traffic numbers increase. We could see obviously what pages are doing better than others, but to, but I love how you broke it down to where it really is so quantitative. It's like, okay, 32% of X number. And so, yeah, I'm just, thank you. I appreciate you breaking it down like that. So I'm curious to know, For and again, I can probably pick your brain. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up a few questions before I dive into hello SEO specifically, oh <laughs> but I'm curious to know sort of like what are probably the biggest challenges, especially because the example that you use where the woman, your client is a startup, her like for the liposuction client, right? Like, or <laughs> she, the, the cosmetic care place, right? They, they, you, they really are attracting clientele, the clientele that will bring in that revenue, but for smaller businesses, how do you, I guess what's something that you would say to those smaller businesses or what are the common challenges that they experience to where SEO is actually really needed for startups. And it's really, and this is why, and I have questions about like specifically your niche in particular, but Mm -hmm. SEO is so important for small businesses and startups, but it's true. Like it's a, it is an investment and it's hard. And sometimes it takes a while to get that ROI back. And, and for some companies, it's so easier. It's so much easier to track than others. So in that case, like, what are the kind, what are some like workarounds that you do to kind of combat some of those challenges? For sure. So me in particular, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm a part of a all woman owned business co-working space in this big pink Barbie dream house looking like old house. I'm, I'm in the attic right now in the library. (laughs) And when I first got here, I really wanted to be serving the women in my community. These are the people I'm seeing every day. I'm obsessed with them. I'm way too invested in all of their businesses, but none of them are in a place to be investing thousands a month in SEO. So I started doing power hours, which is 
$199 for an hour. We sit down together and literally do everything that we can for your business in that amount of time. And they've become more than SEO at this point, if you're local to my area, because I've gotten really well plugged in. So the, uh, the bookkeeper I just mentioned, we did a power hour a few weeks ago and I'm like, great, I can put your keywords in the right spots. We can do all this good stuff. I can tell you where to get some backlinks, but also you need to be at these three networking events. You need to do 1 million cups. You need to like do all these other things. And right before this call, we were downstairs at a networking event and I was like introducing her to everyone because I'm getting way too invested in people. But backing up, the best thing that we can do, like if you're a startup, especially a service-based startup, doing a power hour, my favorite thing to do is find your perfect keyword. And I always kind of equate it to like that perfect bite of like salad or like casserole or something where it's like, it has a little bit of everything that you need. It's also kind of like your big money keyword. So if you are a video production agency or something like that, or like you, I don't know, do video marketing, we can figure out that this is the exact right keyword that you need to be going for. It's uh, high enough in volume where it's going to get you some leads, but it's low enough in competition where you can actually rank for this quickly. You know, if it's local to a certain area, we can like make sure we're doing all of that good stuff as well to make sure you're showing up where you need to show up. And that's usually enough to like get you started. And I was using the the example of a video production agency. We did a power hour together, I think about eight months ago now, and they got into the first position for the Google business snack pack, like the Google business profile. And then also in like the organic SERPs and my like $200 power hour has brought them in over like $12,000 in in like new clients. And like, that was in the first three months. I need to check in with them again and see where we're at. Cause I was like, did we just get you like a 12,000% return on investment on this thing? Like I need to, Incredible. Oh you guys owe me some commission on this. At this point. <laughs> yeah, that, at that rate. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. And I love how you, you, again, thanks for sharing a little bit of uh, the power hour and how that looks. And I love that you said it's the big money keyword. I think you said you mentioned. Yes. So, the perfect keyword. Yeah, TM. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I love that. Okay. So moving to hello SEO. So what obviously, right. You started in SEO for eight years. How long has hello SEO been around? It has existed since November, 2020. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. I had a coworker reach out to me on LinkedIn and just be like, Hey, I know this attorney who needs SEO. And I know that you're like into that. Like, do you want to work with him? And I literally Googled like, how much should I charge for SEO? Gave him a quote that was like criminally low. Like it was like hardly anything, but I was like dazzled at the time. I was like, let's do this. And it was really funny. I had been doing SEO for a long time in these like big agency settings, but I needed to prove to myself that I could do it one-on-one with a client. And like, I remember sitting there and being in meetings with him and being surprised that I could talk about this so well, because I had literally never done it outside of kind of like a work setting before, but we got really great results for him. And I kind of like got the entrepreneurial bug from there. I was like thrilled to have extra money in my Venmo every month. Like that was like where I was at. And I started doing webinars with different niches. Like I would do a webinar for personal chefs or for therapists in my area and just kind of teach them the basics of marketing and SEO, typically gain a few clients from that. And then it became the game of like, I need to replace my income and go out on my own. 
which is such a challenge. That was a wild time. I don't think I had a day off for like maybe a year. I was working 14 hour days trying to maintain a full-time job at a semiconductor startup, like not a, not a passive job at all (laughs) while also building a company. And finally in October of last year, I was able to take the leap and finally get out on my own, which was terrifying, but so worth it in the long run. Cause now my business has grown so much and it's been probably one of the most exciting, rewarding experiences of my life building this business. And it's still so new. It's, it's 10 months really of, of being on my own doing this. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. It's definitely a huge leap and And I definitely, I think many business owners can totally relate to that experience of being like, what is a day off? Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. It's such a, what a concept. And so that's, that's incredible. And I love how like organic it happened and like that you just, it, it was clearly something that you're meant to do. And you're so knowledgeable on it. Just even the brief kind of tidbits that you've, you've given me. So incredible. I'm curious to know when you started, how did you apply what you know to your own SEO? Like, were you, was that a challenge for you? Yeah. So as you could imagine, the SEO world is very competitive on Google because it's, I mean, what else do we have to do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm ranking really well for my town, like locally, I've been on the first page for quite a while and I need to branch it out. That's something that's always in the back of my head. It's like, I need to start going for national, but ranking locally is like bringing in leads. It's like a nice steady stream, which is really cool. I have a slight like cobbler with no shoes, children with no shoes situation that I'm constantly talking to my team about and that we're building content for other people all the time. And I need to start building my own content, like practicing what I preach a bit more. So yeah, that's, that's of my life. Yes. Yeah. I have found, this is a slight segue. I have a really out of the box social media manager who has been encouraging me to create Taylor Swift and Barbie themed SEO content, which has made all the difference. Cause we were like just creating kind of standard educational SEO, whatever, like what are backlinks and like explaining it. And now it's like, here's eat, which is like a, a really complicated topic with an SEO explained through Taylor Swift. And it's like mm. blowing up on LinkedIn. So smart. <laughs> right so smart. It's so, so smart. fun. But I was contemplating with the team last night. I was like, should we do like a full ultimate guide to SEO using Taylor Swift, like SEO Taylor's version or something? <laughs> and I'm like, is this really what we're about to work on? But I think it is. I think that's going to be like our project this week. <laughs> Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was looking at your, I've been following you for a little bit and have been, was kind of diving into in more depth about like what you post and how you market. And obviously I wanted to kind of mine you for some insights into like how you do that. And I think like before I want like bring up some specific examples, cause I definitely want to talk about the Barbie thing, the Taylor thing or whatever. Cause I think okay. that's so unique. But I'm curious, to, what I really love that you do is you you make SEO feel very accessible. Like you land on your website. It is exact, It is so incredibly clear what my options are, what I'm supposed to do, what kind of investment I'm about to be making, you know, like what really goes into it. Like you 
and you have the proof to show it. So I really just want to like give you acknowledgement for your website because Thank you. it was, I was like, oh, okay. Like there is not one barrier that I have found to be like, do I really want to reach out to them? It's like, no, like, like there's just not one barrier. So I really love how you did it. And I also love how everything that you do and it shows on your social media too, is that like you and you maybe I can't remember if this is specifically on your website or maybe when you like when I was somehow learning more about you you talk about like no loopholes like no hidden tactics like it's in your messaging about never being sketchy like it's really transparent and that really comes through in everything that you're doing because you break things down in such a succinct way so I'm curious to know what made why was that so important to you to acknowledge in your messaging and how did that kind of, and and it's clearly something that's like a core value of your brand. So I'm just curious to know what your experience like with SEO previously with, and if that influenced how you are now as hello SEO. Yeah, for sure. I don't know where it started. It's, it's a massive trend within SEO. Like you will find SEO packages from $50 a month to $15,000 a month. And no one has any idea what's going on with their SEO. It's not like social media where like everyone's on Instagram. We all kind of know what this looks like. We all kind of know how this works. SEO is its own weird secret world. And people know that and they take advantage of that. And they also know that most business owners are not particularly savvy with business analytics. And so numbers can be fudged. Like I said earlier, data is subjective. So like you can make things look better than they are. And I saw a ton of that happening. It's also very common for people to get on calls with me and say, Hey, just so you know, I've been burned by an SEO before, or I had this horrible experience. I don't trust SEO people. And I'm like, awesome. Great. I'm so glad (laughs) that now I get to kind of like pick up the pieces from, from your last experience, but doing so through transparency And without using weird loopholes, that's another element in SEO. There's a lot of things that you can do now, or you could have done five years ago that would have worked. But the moment a new Google update comes out, it could just plummet your results. So a lot of SEO, especially historically, was kind of like, okay, it's here now, but we're going to lose sleep tonight because we have no idea if like tomorrow is the day the update's going to come out that ruins everything. But there are fundamentals of SEO that do not change. Like there are things that Google likes and that's good websites and good content. And it's like, I can provide you with that. I can provide you with good backlinks that weren't bought off some sketchy website, really good content that we can create together. We can look at your technical SEO, actually pull it up together. And I can show you what's going on, show you what's being fixed. And the results will speak for themselves over time. So that was really important for me. I also work with predominantly woman-owned businesses. And I know that SEO especially is just kind of like, it's outside of everyone's wheelhouse, but it's a lot of things that like woman-owned businesses aren't even typically thinking about because we're all social media and like putting ourselves out there, which I think is incredible. But the, the Google space, I wish I could, I wish I had the exact number in front of me, but it's predominantly men and like male owned businesses that are ranking within Google. And I would love to help change that and give women more visibility where most people are starting their internet interactions. It's like 68% of all internet interactions begin with search. 
women need to be showing up. We deserve to be there as well. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm totally going off on a tangent. No, I, just, I love it. Keep. I, <laughs> I hate being tricked and I hate being taken advantage of, and I hate gatekeeping. <laughs> so it's like, if I can just get that all out of the way and like, let's actually do some good work together and help people show up where they deserve to be showing up. Like I'm all for that. I am. Je- I love, I just, I have no, I have no notes to any of that. Like it was just so, it is just so freaking important. Every single thing that you said from women need more visibility. Absolutely. Check the box, right? Like to, there are like no, like right when you, when you first started your answer, it was like, you've mentioned like no one knows what the hell they're doing. People have been burned before. Like you are picking up the pieces from a lot of people. And that's, I mean, and kind of what I was sharing with you before we even started recording is like, that is literally the problem. (laughs) That is the challenge within marketing and people get so burned so often because they don't, it's the most misunderstood in my opinion, it's the one of the most misunderstood areas within a business because people are like, they see it, they understand it, but they don't like, they just don't understand really how, what goes on behind it and how it gets, how things come to life and how analytical you have to be or strategic, you have to be creative and all the things. And you find you, you come across someone who is a really good talker and they're like, no, we've got you. We trust you. Like, just trust us, whatever. So often people get burned and they don't know what they don't know. And so one of the things that I want to acknowledge is that you really show the fact that you are not here to necessarily, like, obviously you want to help people, but you're like, I want to help people regardless like you know what I mean like you offer a free audit you offer the power hour you make it so accessible for them to to tread carefully if they feel that they have to tread carefully you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and you give them the space to do that and to equip them with the tools and the knowledge that they need to keep going and that is so 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 important in marketing in general so from one marketer to another I love you (laughs) but also (laughs) But also acknowledging like you do such a great job of breaking things down. That's what I, and that's why I brought up your website because it's so, it's clearly very accessible. And then in your marketing, and I I definitely want to dive into this out of the box social media manager and other marketing things that you do, but in your marketing, you break things down. So in such a digestible way, so you're not like SEO, like this is this is, you know, you have to rank and people eventually understand like, okay, SEO is about ranking, but you break down like all of the little nuances. So I I really appreciate that. Okay. So I have a question about like your specific tactics and I kind of going back to the other question I had asked about like, how did you apply, you know, your SEO knowledge and the cobbler shoes and everything? I can totally relate. I'm a marketer who doesn't market herself. Like I, I just don't understand it. So I'm curious to know what was really important for you when you started marketing, like outside of the team and potentially ideas that they came about when you envisioned hello SEO and how you wanted to come across, what was, what kind of things or pillars stuck out to you? So that's been a real learning experience 
I quit my job in October and I did not do any marketing before then. Like there was no social media or LinkedIn or anything that had anything to do with hello SEO. And that was out of respect for my full-time job at the time, but gosh, how do I answer this? Can you repeat the question? Yeah. So what now I'm like, what did I ask? I, I sometimes ask like 18 million questions in one. So I, I think what I want to try to mine from you is like when you first started hello SEO and how you've envisioned it. And again, this is like you said, it was a learning experience when you first started and you did have a full-time job up until October, but it's been around like technically it's been alive since, since 2020. But when you first decided to start marketing, like what were certain key elements of your marketing or core values or core pillars that you really wanted to make sure you got across with your marketing before even acknowledging, okay, we're going to be doing this on Instagram. We're going to be doing X, Y, and Z. Like what was, how did you decide sort of like the general theme of your marketing outside of, Hey, we do SEO contact us basically. Yeah. That's a great question. I need to go look at my like original LinkedIn content and and answer this better. I first, like my branding came to me in like a vision. I have no idea where it came from, but I like loved my little gradients and like my colors. And I knew I wanted transparency and like real SEO education. And so I believe a lot of my original stuff is just like, what are backlinks? What is, what is SEO? How can I like describe this? I think the only clever thing I was really doing is when you do that free report card on my website, I will make a limb video explaining all of your SEO to you immediately. So you get like FaceTime with me. And that was something my advisor recommended I did. And that was like the best. Cause then it's like this report card, you get it. It makes zero sense to you because you don't know what backlinks and SERPs and robots text is, but then I can hop on, explain it to you in an easy video that you can watch whenever. And that was a really good lead gen in like the very beginning, but really I quit my job in October. I was like, I'm going to have all this time to start marketing in November. I have this big pile of ideas. And then I got so busy that I couldn't, which is like the best case scenario, Uh, (laughs) amazing problem to have, but I think it was around January or February where all of my marketing friends were like, you need to do something like you have nothing going on on Instagram. I I literally didn't have an Instagram at the time. I'm pretty sure like LinkedIn is like barren. So they were like, you need to do something. And so I brought on my social media manager. That was like my first real outsource. And he has helped tremendously if that is any sort of answer to that question. Yes, absolutely. And I think when you hired him, if you don't mind me kind of probing you a little bit, when you hired him, did you come to him? Were you sort of like, I have no idea what the hell I want? Or were you kind did you sort of provide him with some guardrails of like, look, this is what I really want my brand to be and blah, blah, blah. Or was it really more of a collaborative experience? It was a collaborative experience. I think I had a few like elements that I'd pulled from Canva and I was like, Hey, I like these. And these are kind of the colors I've been going for. And if we can just do like, what is SEO? What are backlinks kind of explaining different things every couple of days? Like, that'll be great. And I think I even originally started trying to do TikTok and then totally 
stopped. And that's one of those other things that's just like lingering on my to-do list. Like I need to start making reels again, but I think it was a few months into working together. He and I were about to go to the Eras tour together. And we were like, we, we need to do something Taylor Swift themed because we're going to like go to the Eras tour. And I made this like, it's, it's Google trends for Taylor Swift's name. So you can see from 20, 2007, I think until now, like when she was spiking in popularity and I mapped out her entire career on Google trends. So you could see like, Oh, the first time she really got like massive recognition within Google was like the Kanye incident at the VMAs. And like, we had like little pictures and we did this whole thing. And I was like, this is the most rewarding piece of (laughs) of, like social media I have ever created. And people loved it. And it got, you know, five entire shares, which was massive at the time. And like, we realized, oh, we're kind of onto something here. Like people are really loving like relevant content. Like, oh, I can apply my understanding of Taylor Swift to Google now. And it's also like just super fun and shareable. Like the, the response is what kept it going. For sure. I think it's so creative because it's like, and one of the things I'm going to call out too, is your, you did some things on Barbie as well. And I mean, Barbie took over the world. So, and like, (laughs) I, but one of the things that I love is like, you did a battle of the brands for Barbie. And I think you have, I've been seeing some of your Taylor Swift stuff and I actually am looking at your Instagram as I'm talking to you, but you did a battle of the bands. You broke down some things with Taylor Swift. It really, I think what I love about it and why I feel like it resonates so much is like it, and you said, right, it's, it's relevant, but it's not even that it's just like, it's relevant. It's just, it's more of like, you know what I mean? Like Tara, Taylor Swift was, she's on her tour. So obviously there's a lot of news happening around her right now. And Barbie, of course, and all that. So yes, there's a relevance to it, which I think capture like just naturally hooks people because they're seeing all of it around, but it is taking something that is so comes off so ethereal to a lot of people and so complex to a lot of people. And you are applying it with an example that they, it translates, they understand. They're like, Oh, so this is what happens when you've got, like when we're talking, when I'm looking at SEO and I'm seeing something like Taylor Swift. And this is what's going on and how things spike and like you're showing the evolution of it. And I think that is such a smart way to go about it. And I think too, when it comes, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, just as you as a consumer from, for other, like a customer of other brands and is that we, I think people tend to go so far on the spectrum of oh, I need to create like a meme. I need to do something funny and relevant and things like that. And then in the process, they lose sight of why they're valuable and their place. Mm -hmm. And I think what you've done is create a nice marriage between really identifying this is why I'm valuable or like, this is why I need to put it in that like blatant of a sentence, but like for lack of a better way to put it, like this is what the value that we provide people And we're going to show you exactly how to do it. So you really understand what we're doing. And this is and like, just plug and play your brand. This is what that evolution could look like. And I'm curious to know, was that always kind of intentional when you went about it? I mean, you did just share, like you guys were going to the concert and things like that. So it became fun. So, but yeah, no, curious to know, like your thoughts on, on that. And if, if you sort of notice 
actually, yeah, I'm just going to stop there. Like I'm curious to know your thoughts. I think with most of my marketing outside of my own SEO, it's been very trial and error reactionary. Mm-hmm. I felt really silly putting Taylor Swift content, especially on LinkedIn, because it's such like a serious place. But then it was like this breath of fresh air and like people really responded to it and were like, I was getting comments like, you're the only SEO person I want to hear from anymore, (laughs) which is the best. And especially with Battle of the Brands, that's based around my report card. I did one originally comparing Papa John's to Domino's because it does a competitive analysis within the report card. So you put like one of your competitors in and you can see how you're doing against them. And I chose them because I used to always say that I worked at Papa John's when I had to like fill things out online for like what business you work for before I had my own business. And it still like comes back to, to haunt me sometimes. Like I, I logged into HubSpot for the first time in like two years and it said like Jade Pruitt, Papa John's. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Why was I doing this to myself? <laughs> but really I have an incredible business advisor and she was like, this is gold because they're seeing me. And they're seeing my report card and they're like, oh, I can literally plug myself into this and get this exact same video of my own brand as opposed to Papa John's. And so she's been really pushing me to do more battle of the brands. And when you mentioned that, I was like, I really need to get on that. That's on my to-do list as well. But But the one for for Barbie and Oppenheimer was like, we have to do this. It's it's too timely. It is too timely. And like Barbie took over the world. So it just like, it was a great opportunity to find that piece of relevance, but also put your own unique spin on it. So I think it, I think it was great. I, I love what you said about, you know, like one, it is a lot of trial and error. And I do want to actually highlight that and isolate that from what you said, because I think a lot of the times we were like, I'm going to fix, I'm going to do this. And then if I'm, as long as I'm consistent, it's gonna, it's gonna take off or, and sometimes sure that's the case. Other times they're like, okay, nothing is working. And I've worked with people about like, I've worked with a lot of people where it, the trial and error just like never, it never stops. And like, Mm -hmm. because similar to SEO, things change what people find interesting changes. Like it seems when you look at it, when you're in the weeds of it, it feels like everything's the same. Or like, you know, the shifts don't feel as drastic. But And I would imagine this is kind of how SEO feels like when you're in the weeds of it, like you are. But like marketing in general, I think is, it really is trial and error. And it's creating those opportunities over and over and over to showcase who you are, what you do, the knowledge you can provide, how you can help people. And the way you do that, it's always going to be trial and error because the world changes every minute of every day. So, so true. Yeah. And I think, I think the way that you're doing it, right. And, and this is kind of a PSA across the board of like, if you are in the trial and error phase, it's okay. Like just keep going because also too, you want to find out I think the trial and error is not just what works for my customers, but what feels right for me. Yeah, for sure. Like, how do you want to be showing up online as yeah, well? Exactly. So going back to something you mentioned earlier, now you're like, okay, do I want to do, you know, kind of these out of the box ideas of Taylor Swift. I think it was a, what was it? A Taylor Swift report, essentially. SEO Taylor's S- version. Yeah, SEO Taylor's <laughs> version. I love it. Okay. So tell me of like, 
I, I want to, I'll preserve that idea for you when, if, and when you ever release something like that, <laughs> even if it's not that specific thing, but I'm curious to know if you don't mind answering is when it comes and I, and the reason I'm asking is because people hesitate to some out of the box ideas. Like we all, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I've had, I've worked with, when I was in-house with people, like the business leaders were like, there's a lot of hesitation around some creative ideas because it's all a gamble. We don't know if how it's going to be received no matter what. So I'm curious to know, like, can you share from your perspective, what kind of hesitations have you been navigating related to, and it can be generalized. It doesn't have to be for this specific thing, but just kind of going outside of the box a little bit more, what kind of, what was sort of going through your mind? So on a high level, I am oftentimes the only woman SEO people have ever met. Mm -hmm. I, especially early in my career, I was in a lot of male dominated spaces. There's still networking events that I go to where I am the only woman there. I'm 30 now. So this was starting when I was like 28 and I like, there's so many times and it still, it still gets to me sometimes where I'll like walk into a networking event with my like rainbow gradient, hello SEO business cards and feel so out of place. And I even realized recently being very candid, I was doing a Q and a at like an entrepreneurial event. And it, there was me and there was one other SEO person there who was a guy. And whenever they would ask me a tech question, I would just re like look at him for some reason. And I was like, it, it, do even I think that like he's going to be better at tech because he's a dude? <laughs> like it was, I was like, I really need to like check myself on this. But I remember like, even when it came down to what I would wear, I thought I needed to look like very professional. I need to be going for this like little tech genius girl look all the time. And like, I don't need to show up in a pink top <laughs> like I'm wearing right now because it's going to discredit me as someone who works on kind of like the techier, techier side of the marketing world. And uh, of course, that was a big hesitation with doing Barbie and Taylor Swift posts as well. It's like, I need to be taken seriously. When I did my first like personal branding shoot, I was like, I need, I need to be exuding intelligence and like confidence and like all these things. And I have realized, and it's been so freeing that the more I show up as myself and I show up in spaces that like, it's not this uphill climb to convince them that I know what I'm talking about, the better. Like, I mean, obviously that's true. And there's still a lot of spaces where people literally are looking over my head because they are, everyone there is taller than me as well. I'm rambling a bit, but I, no, I, I found- it. Like all of that kind of like boilerplate business advice you get early on about how you show up, how you stand, what you talk about. Here's what the perfect public speaking formula is. All of it needs to kind of be thrown out the window, like showing up authentically, knowing what you're talking about is really important, but like being yourself, like, I don't know, it that has served me more than anything. And it like brought a tear to my eye the other day. It's like, oh, I can just like be me. And I don't know. I cried I, like eight okay. times at the Barbie movie as well for this reason. <laughs> I love the Barbie movie because it, it is exactly that message. And I, in that, 
I just love everything you just said. And that's why I asked the question because I think, and thank so thank you for sharing that answer because I think that so often we hesitate. We're like, oh, this would be fun to do. And then we're like, oh, maybe not. Maybe we don't do it or what for whatever reason. And I have fallen into that trap all the time. And it's yeah. it's become so overused to be say, be authentic, be yourself. But it's also so true. Like you just have to. And sometimes you have to like the way and even how I went about even marketing this podcast, it's like. I've actually decided to have it not be so polished. Like when Mm -hmm. I'm like, right, like it's me on my LinkedIn writing my actual thoughts, like love chatting with this person or can't believe I did this or whatever it is, right? It's like, you have to experiment in that way. So I just really appreciate you sharing sort of one, that potential hesitations and why that happens because I think so many people who who are going to listen to this is, they are going through the same thing. And I know I resonate with it personally. So thank you. Nice. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and like, that's what I keep finding. It's like, Oh, the more I'm myself, the more people are like, Oh, I feel the same way. I'm dealing with this exact same thing. I'm pitching at that event where I will again, be the only woman in the room pretty soon. And I, that's where I keep envisioning being like, Oh, and if you need to learn more about SEO, here's SEO Taylor's version. Yeah. <laughs> and and in reality, some people in the room might think that that's really silly, but I, I bet a lot would be like, oh, that's actually really funny and like yeah. accessible for even me. Like, even if they're not Swifties, everyone knows of Taylor Swift right. and like the power she has. It just breaks right it down in a way that's like not dry, you know? Like, yes. It, and again, it's not even about the specific thing, which is why it's like, I try to general generalize my initial question because it's like, no matter what, you're going to always come across things that you're like, should we do this? I don't know. Like are people, you know, and that's why like we all tend to say, what are our competitors doing and whatnot? And it's like, no, like, let's not like, let's see. Sure. Look, I like to look at them as inspiration. I like to see them and be like, okay, this is what they're doing. That's cool. Not cool for me, but like cool for like them, whatever. And then find our own way. And like, that really is what it comes down to. And it's just trial, trial and error all the way, basically until you can, until you get into that groove of like, okay, no, like let's get creative. Let's get more comfortable with this and and all the things. Yeah, that's so true as well. And that's something that's difficult to translate to clients sometimes because you're coming in as the expert and then three months into working with them, you're like, oh, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get the space of like, well, why weren't we doing that from the beginning? Yes. And it's like, this is, this is an evolution within itself. Like no That's one can come in point. and be like, this is 100% what's going to work from day one. And we're never going to change our mind about it. Like you have to be a little bit flexible, a little dynamic, definitely very curious. Cause experimental. Like, like experimental. you have to be open to that. And because you just never, you just never know. And I think that's like the beauty of creativity is because it's like, okay, like, like there are some things where I'm like, oh, I wish I thought of it this earlier, but there's no way I could have thought about it unless we tried it this way. Right. Like it is. So I think that's also something to, an important kind of takeaway from what you just said of like, yeah, like, no one's going to know right when they start, but like the whole journey is trying it out and seeing like pushing to the edge a little bit more every, every day. So, yeah. So cool. I, I want to be really mindful of your time because I realize we're over time, but I have just two more questions for you is 
one, what has been the most rewarding thing for you since starting, like officially starting Hello SEO? Being able to make real connections with people is my absolute favorite. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about how to put this into words, like getting to be involved in other people's businesses. Like I, I always come in as like an SEO expert and then I'm like, Oh, let's go do like a thousand other things together too. And like, let's brainstorm. And like, I, I love seeing people's businesses flourish because of like the input I'm able to give them or just getting to kind of be along for the ride. Even if I had nothing to do with, <laughs> with what's actually working for them getting to be a part of like the entrepreneurial community. We connected via entrepreneurs, which I love just, I don't know. It's, it's really the people that make it really rewarding for me. I love that. That's a great answer. What has been, I guess what, what's I'm trying to think I I'm trying to craft the perfect question, but I guess I can't. What would you say for people who are just starting out? Where do you think that they should start? What do you think that they should focus on? And and if they're navigating some challenges of like, how do I show up authentically? Like, what would you say to them? People who are just starting out in business, mm-hmm. make friends. I think that's really where it's at. Have like virtual coffee chats with like anyone who will talk to you and then connect with them everywhere. That's like my main tactic of like having a happy life and also in business, everyone is far more generous than you expect them to be. Like everyone's willing to like give you tips and like connect you to other people. Like building your network is massive. Like I, I don't think I even had a website for the first five months that I had a business, like just getting in there, like being kind of messy and just getting started is really what it's all about. And it's one of those things, like looking back, I'm like, I was really brave. And I don't know if I would do it that way again, because I can be such a perfectionist, but like, yeah, be scrappy. You don't need a ton of like money or funding to like get your idea off the ground. I'm very much team like bootstrapping and like figuring out like, is this actually going to work and show up authentically. So make friends, be scrappy, show up authentically. (laughs) I love it so much. Okay. Jade, how can we support you? That's a great question. Reach out. I would love to, to meet you. Of course, anyone listening, if you're curious about your own SEO, definitely fill out the report card on my website. I'll make you a video. We can connect that way, but yeah. And also like, literally, if you have any SEO questions, hit me up and I'll, I'll help you out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jade. This was so amazing. And you had such great insights. I appreciate your time. Yay. Thank you so much. This was great. That's it for this week's episode of the edge of fact. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.